Let's start the show. show. Okay. Uh, that was almost a musical way to start the show because it's we're talking about musicals for the next like f- like four episodes or so. We're going to be talking about a bunch of musicals. I'm really excited. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. <laughs> My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Movie Survival Survival Guide. Guide. I'm Terry. (laughs) I'm Julia. This week, we're going to be talking about 1974's Phantom Phantom of of the Paradise. Paradise. Uh, The title of this episode is Tasty Tasty Winslow. Tasty. Uh, I like that we both did little, little no hands. one, no one could see us but at we all. we did little hands at each other. Yeah, we did like little trickle hands. creepy fingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite of spirit fingers. It's like creepy fingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tagline for this movie, mm-hmm. he sold his soul for rock and roll. Oh my God. That's exactly what happened. I like it. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. I love that tagline. Uh, this movie is uh, a, a mishmash of five classic horror tales. Okay. So we got Faust. Yep. We got Family of the Opera. Mm-hmm. We got Frankenstein. Yep. We got Picture Dorian Gray. Yep. And we got Casting of Minty Audio. Yeah. So it's like a whole big... So hands, uh, hats off to writer-director Brian De Palma. Yeah. Who I, you know, this movie is just as much Brian De Palma as possible in every shot everywhere. And I really, really love it for that because mm-hmm. he's so visually exciting. He makes beautiful, fun. Like you just want to look at every frame. And I rewound a lot too, because there's so many things happening in every freaking shot. And you mm-hmm. just feel like, oh, is it's this a delight. First, first time watching it's my first time watching it. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Uh, my first time watching it was uh, new, uh, the New Beverly when Edgar Wright programmed this as part of his series when he did a programming series. And he did this as a double feature with Bugsy Malone. And uh, oh. Paul Williams was there, which yes. was incredible. Paul Williams is, God, he's great. He's so good. I mean, his music's incredible, but then also to have him in this, I love yeah, him in this so much. Yeah, he's great in this. He's so uh, menacing. He is. Mm-hmm. We have some alternate universe casting Lay it for on me. you. It's what we're here for. Okay, so for uh, Phoenix, uh, we could have had... Sissy Spacek. Oh, yeah. Or Linda Ronstadt. So oh. Jessica Harper beat out Linda Ronstadt. For I just the got goosebumps for Linda Ronstadt, though. That would have been so cool to hear her sing all these songs. It would be. Oh, but um, Jessica Harper is a goddess. She is. And yeah. this is introducing Jessica Harper. We so. love her. I love her. So uh, for Beef, uh, we could have had Peter Boyle, which I was like, huh. Okay, yeah. It would have been a very t- different t- take yeah. on beef. Uh, and for Swan, we could it's have young had Frankenstein, though you know, right? Yeah, so that's I, very that makes true. Makes sense. Uh, for Swan, we could have had John Voight, which I get. I prefer Paul Williams for this. Paul Williams is there's something about his little face and just his stature and him being the little but like menacing figure. Yes, that works so well for this part. And so to, yes, mm-hmm. um, so this movie was uh, plagued a little bit from lawsuits uh, <gasps> from Universal who sued over the use of Phantom of the Opera, really, and Led Zeppelin because originally uh, Swan's record label was called Swan Song, which happens to also be the title of Led Zeppelin's uh, record label. And they 
uh, sued them and said you cannot use it. So if you if you notice in the film, there's some strange overlays of Death Records in yeah. logo sometimes in the movie. Uh, That's yeah. why because it had already been shot with this other label, and they were like, nope, you can't use it. And they're like, uh, okay. So okay. we had to change everything to Death Records. That's crazy. And as soon as I saw Death Records, though, I just thought about Death Row Records right away, and I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, not the first people to think about it, you know, like, or whatever, but... Uh, it's, it's such a great logo, though, the little, like, dead bird is... So yeah, it's hot. brilliant. Uh, so this movie opens up with a narration by none other than Rod Serling of our uh, of Twilight Zone fame doing uh, oh. our introduction, uh, letting you know Swan, the introduction to Swan. Yeah. Uh, he has no other name. Uh, first gold record of 14, he brought the blues to Britain, Liverpool genius. to America, folk and rock together, and the nostalgia wave of the 70s, like the Juicy Fruits. Uh, <laughs> which is, I think, so brilliant. We love a nostalgia wave. Like, it's kind of right now we've got the no- 90s nostalgia wave happening, yeah. which makes me feel OLD, uh-huh. uh, case of the olds, um, hearing the kids get into, like, music of my youth. But, like, it's I think it's so fun. And I love that, like, 50s, 60s, whatever throwback, like, in the 70s and then into the 80s uh, that we had. Like, the Wonder Years kind of stuff, you know? It's like, all right. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. the Juicy Fruits are, are bebopping their way to the beginning of just an insane story and just crashing right into so we first that whole shot is well, amazing <laughs> we just stop and just talk about you're talking about brian de palma amazingness yes. like the guy's going crazy as the lead singer like singing and, and like giving this full very intense performance there's literally a fight going on right behind him but he's not paying any attention to it he's just making love to the camera yeah there's like so many things happening like you can just pause and stop and go back which i did like i said a couple of times just for that intro alone as he's talking about what swan like accomplished over these guys is performing this like gyrating crazy number (laughs) it's so fun um, and we also get to, we hear about the opening of the paradise. So Swan is looking for a new sound that's going to be opening the paradise, which is going to be the ultimate rock palace that he is doing. So kind of like a Xanadu in a way. Yeah. The perfect place. Perfect rock yeah. place. And it's going to be the next, next big thing, you know, as like great producers are often want to do, they want to find the next big thing to like create a new, a new, uh, a new genre even. So it, I love this. He's so on the, a search. the first intro we get to, uh, Winslow Leach, who is going to be our, uh, our unhappy hero throughout this entire film, who is unhappily pasting his name over the juicy fruits in a very like angry nerd kind of way. The poor, unfortunate soul that is Winslow Leach. You just get, it's it's a wonderful intro and it looks like he's it's like old school tagging basically is like what he's doing you know what i mean they're like manually getting like a strip of paper and rolling it across like the name of these this band that's playing inside and and slap dashing it on there and they're just about to announce an intermission um for the juicy fruits show and all of a sudden you see this guy that you just saw slapping that stuff outside playing piano uh-huh. to an empty room basically yeah everyone's gone um and but he they have, there's a beautiful shot of him singing a song with this like circling shot shot of the like, cameras moving all the way around the piano and it's like Winslow's really feeling it but he's not very good like he's he just, not a good singer he's, his piano works great the but piano's the- okay it's not like <laughs> amazing but like it's you get what he's trying to do like he's but he, it's like he seems like a good writer like he seems like somebody else needs to sing his music though and somebody else probably needs to perform it but he doesn't get that yet but swan gets it i mean mm-hmm. he's like that the him and uh philbin who is his great like greasy little like roadie henchman he's a roadie toady a roadie toady <laughs> a roadie toady henchman which is funny because one of my favorite movies with williams is frog <laughs> made our producer laughing oh, no, Wes is doing it 
Um, it made me think of that movie Frog. I had to look it up because I realized Williams, so I know him most from this movie from 1987 called Frog. I don't oh. know if anyone else has ever seen it, but I put it out there. I feel like some of you guys. Is Scott have, Grimes in that? Yes, it's Scott Grimes is the lead. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I have it on VHS. Okay, so yes. Okay, so you do know it. So Williams <laughs> sings as well as a frog. So him being a toady, I was I kept thinking about frogs the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> because of this <laughs> so those who want to watch more williams watch frog anyway <laughs> so so uh swan tells him to get uh he doesn't want swan was leech him he wants the music tells philbin to go get the music uh so philbin comes in and tells him you know we just want to buy the music he's like no no you don't understand it's like a couple of songs it's a full song cycle a, it, cantata. a cantata a series of songs that tell the story of faust and philbin i love he's like what what labels he on <laughs> like yes oh brilliant That's i know good. faust is one of the most amazing old stories and it's an opera it's like an always told in an epic way i feel like right, because it's an epic tale of sure. the devil you could sell your soul of the devil that's a pretty epic tale yep uh, so then i was like oh no as soon as they said that as soon yeah. as he said that, i was like oh shit like he's it's, definitely gonna have to sell his soul well yeah well he's gonna sell his soul of the devil for experience and power and you're like yep. well, all right yeah sounds like a great idea because the uh, devil's not gonna fuck you over in the end or anything oh, like never. that Never does that. Uh, but so Philbin says, let me give you the song. Give us the songs. We'll get back to you. But of course, doesn't get back to him. So now we have a month this later. sad Winslow Leach going into Death Records being like, hey, uh, they said they were going to call me back. She's like, hey, hang on. Secretary goes in their drawers. Um, I love they flip through all the files. And us in the files of Death Records, we have Alice Cooper, Bette Midler, Peter Fonda, Dick Clark. And then they get to Winslow Leach and it's never to be seen ever. It's just thrown out immediately. So oh, he's and the now, security like just oh they were brutal too. No, yeah, but then he but Winslow Leach not one to be dissuaded. Decided he hides. Yeah, <laughs> and he like waits and he waits to see Swan get out of there and he follows Swan's car. He gets a cab and says follow that car, which yeah. is so seventies. I love that. I love anytime there's a chase. Follow that car. Follow so that he car. hops in to uh, Swanage, which the is Swanage, which is the name of Swan's <laughs> mansion, which is so brilliant. Um, where he's holding night auditions, as you do. Uh, With a bunch of ladies lined up on a staircase, all singing Winslow's song. But he's not really, it's not really clicking yet. He's going through, going through, still kind of confused. Yeah. Um, and runs into uh, Phoenix. So all these Our girls. Young Jessica Harper. Yeah, so you have all these girls who are very like overly made up, overly tarted out. And then you have Jessica Harper, who's very fresh faced and very beautiful. And her, her voice is very Karen Carpenter-esque, very kind she of alto very and lovely. She looks very to me. Like she's oh, really? the girl next door, like Sally Field kind of vibe. Do you know what I mean? Though compared to these other girls that yes. look like, not that, that are more hostile. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, Winslow immediately loves her voice and goes goes over and helps her with that and but he's like my name's not on the music what's going on and it's it's like there must be a mistake she's like well i don't understand and like neither one of them really gets it because they're both very naive about what's really going on in this audition quote unquote i'm putting finger quotes up because uh phoenix is about to find out what the audition is really about it's a casting couch yes and not even with swan just like his his Rody Toady. This big Rody Toady who's kind of <laughs> not the guy you probably want to no. hook up with at the party. And it's this big bed that they have. I call it the orgy bed that they have I up in this house. I love the orgy bed I knew you would. so much. <laughs> Round water bed with satin sheets. Hello. Yes, please. It's a love palace. The Swanage is a freaking love palace. I love Swanage. I mean, the, the cameras everywhere are a little dissuading, but... Yeah, the security cams he has all over the house. This is the 70s, too, and, and he's got, like, serious security cam footage. I know, and it's weird because, like, you look at it now and it, you, you kind of dismiss it now because you're like, oh, security cameras. But you're like, no, no, no. they're no. everywhere now. It's 1974, guys. They're, like, everywhere in it, and it's uh, not 
normal, but now totally normal. Which is terrifying. Anywho. Dystopia. Yeah, we live in that so, future. Swan lives in a world where you can get an enormous amount of beautiful girls to go in and he and get them to do each other while you watch, while you get excited to go in and yeah, do they're like, stuff. What are we supposed to do in here? I don't know. What are we supposed to do? We do each other while he watches. Okay. And then they're like, just down for it. Yeah. Hey, it's Swan, man. Yep. You got to do what you got to do. And you're doing each other. You know, that's yeah. And uh, then, uh, so Winslow, not to be dissuaded, figures out a way to get into that orgy. In his terrible drag, his like little flower behind his ear. You're like, come on, man. <laughs> he ends up on that bed and Swan enters the room and he's like, get this dude, whatever the derogatory situation out of here. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't do guys. And he gets him out and he gets him thrown out again of the Swanage. So Winslow, again, has been chucked out. He's already been chucked out of the um, actual, like the first venue. Then he's been chucked out of the death records. And now he's gotten chucked out of the Swanage. Yes. Not only chucked out, but beat up. And now the cops are about to come and plant some drugs on him. So now we go into this like crazy, like he's, he's on jail and now he's he's on trial. Not just any jail, he's in Sing Sing. (laughs) Right. Uh, where they've discovered that it's part of the uh, Swan Foundation's program to dentistry. They're going to be uh, all of the, have all of their teeth removed. Because they said there's too much infection when they're in jail with their teeth. They don't want to deal with it while you're a prisoner, basically. Even if you're there for a month or two, they pull all their teeth out and replace them with metal teeth. Terrible. Yeah, it's pretty awful. So Winslow's like, hey, but I'm innocent. I, 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 this shouldn't be happening. I should be waiting trial. And then they go, Hey, who else is innocent? All the other like guys in there that look like nefarious criminals all raise their hand. So, uh, and so then we have this six month forward time jump where now like the paradise is going to reopen and, and, uh, they're making like tiddlywinks in jail, <laughs> they're, like putting together board games, all these like hardened criminals just putting together board games. But Winslow... Well, that's kind of not untrue, though. Honestly, yeah. a lot of labor comes f- across America. They're doing a lot of stuff, making a lot of stuff for us. And, You'd be surprised. And tiddlywinks, I wouldn't be surprised if they were part of it, too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Winslow does not look good. He looks like a man who's about to be on the edge of a full twang. He looks broken his hair his head has been shaved he had this beautiful hair before and his head's kind of shaved and looks badly shaved like yeah looks like they use like really like like rough scissors or something to maybe cut his hair he's got the um the hat on that's like the you know swan foundation hat Try, try to cover it up. And and, terrible silver teeth. Um, and he hears on the radio that at the grand opening of the Paradise, we'll be doing Faust. The Juicy Fruits will be doing Faust. And he just loses his fucking mind. And he decides to get the hell out of there and es- try to escape prison. So he escapes prison in a, in a box down a conveyor belt. Um, trying to goes, jump into the tiddlywinks. Right. And then goes into the and, back of a van. And then like the back of the van, like falls out of the back of the van. And that's how he escapes from prison. And I'm like, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Wish he had done it sooner. <laughs> I just like because you know that in a lot of movies, like that's going to be a big sequence, right? Like the break out of jail sequence. No, it was pretty it, fast. It's like, no, no, he's out of jail now. Or like, it was okay. like a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, great. Um, and he immediately, of course, is going to go straight into the paradise and try to get right at his nemesis. And we have this kind of very family opera kind of like POV shot of him coming mm-hmm. in and everybody's either doesn't see him or when they do see him, you know, he screams, he's kind of horrible. So he goes right into that wardrobe shop. And what do they got? They got this sweet leather cape. Yeah. Bitchin' mask. mask. All right. So then. now he's already looking like a phantom. He is. I love the mask in this. It's really cool. It's like a bird, kind of like silver bird thing. Yeah, and that, I love like all falcon. like the boat, bird motifs in this movie because mm-hmm. you have phoenix and swan. Right. You have like a lot of the clothes have bird, like feathers or pictures of birds. You have like the big thing at the end. And so 
I get what you're doing all there, right, movie. All right, all right. I see you. Um, so yeah, so he decides he gets this big plan to get rid of the juicy fruits. He's going to plant a bomb on one of their onstage props, which I think is so smart. And I love that one of the juicy fruit guys is like, uh, I don't want to be on stage anymore, Mr. Philbin. That's the roadie toady guy. And he's like, Philbin, I, I don't, I don't want to be on stage. I don't feel good about it. And he's like, ah, here, eat these. And he just gives him drugs. <laughs> Shoves the pills in his face. <laughs> and it just made me a little bit sad because I just watched Judy recently. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's kind of true though. It's kind of what people would do back in the day to artists. They would just give, feed them the drugs and then be like, I can't believe they have drug problems later. And you're like, you literally made them druggies. Yes. Just to try to give them the performances that you want. But Swan is very, uh, not a beloved overlord. He's a terrible human and, and will push people to no end. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, so the, we've made the, uh, the Juicy Roots have made the, the, transformation from like a Shanana kind of 50s group and now they're kind of like a Beach Boy 60s group. So they give them new wigs. Yeah. They have a whole new look. I like their, their song. You say, carburetors, man. That's what life's all about. <laughs> yeah, Take that, Beach Boys. Um, <laughs> but this is uh, one of my favorite sequences in the film is this split screen bomb camera. They, and they eventually overlap and it's just it's really amazing. And this is what you go to Brian De Palma movies for. Yeah. You go, yes, yes, please. Because there's so screen. much and then I want to watch it 10 more times because yes. I want to watch both sides again and I want to spend watching one side for that sequence and then the other side yes. and you go and rewind i want to look at back so freaking good um but yeah the backstage there's all you know the struggle and you see um winslow putting the bomb in and dropping it in and then you see on the stage them getting ready and these girls they're putting on top of the car to be all sexy girls rolling out in this little car prop that they're gonna put on stage this is not winslow's intention for this music like no. for his like this is supposed to be his music but they've like basically bastardized it and made it something it was not at all. But he has no qualms about taking out innocent girls. Like, whatever, they're in the way. You know, he's not like he's only going for the juicy fruits. He's going to whoever's on that stage. Doesn't even matter. I don't know if he realized the girls were going to hop on the car. He knew that car was going to go on stage, though. I wasn't sure about that. Mm, I don't know. But there is a big kapow and everything is now on a different level. So then we get, uh, we cut to Swan's secret room that he has within the paradise. Um, and I love that he goes into this room. He's wearing like a tan and blue suit, yeah. but inside the room, he was wearing a black and red suit. I didn't even know. And when he comes that. out, he's wearing a tan and blue suit again. So oh. like he changes when he's in the room. I, I've seen this movie a lot of times, so I pay, I'm paying attention to the details now. Clearly, um, and, he, and you see him watching back a tape of the day and of the explosion. And he doesn't look like he's very happy about watching the tape. But we don't know exactly what the deal is with it yet. Or what, yeah, or what his, like, idea is with it, too. Because there's something that he's still, he's cooking something else up. Right. He's thinking of the next thing. Because, like they say, he's always thinking, what's the next sound? Mm -hmm. What's the next thing? So he was like, well, I guess that didn't work out. We've got to figure out a way to make this work. So he ends up partnering up with... Winslow. Right, because Winslow, he comes out and Winslow's right there and they just kind of have this face off and he... Swan is so great, and Paul Williams does such a good job. Is this this figure who's who seems real cool, real casual? It's cool, man. It's all right. But then he has this moment where he just like snaps to with this power. He's like, I can give you the power to create again. Like, I can do that for you. Yeah. And you're like, I believe you. You totally believe him because also Winslow is is basically voiceless now because of what's happened to his mouth and his teeth being all pulled out. He doesn't really have a voice anymore. He doesn't. He can't speak in the way he used to because he's basically he can all he can do basically now is gurgle, mm -hmm. and it's really really upsetting. So he's lost his ability to create the music in the way that he was used to. And I think so, he hasn't even thought about that. I think no. he just thinks like, I just want to kill Swan. And then after that, who cares? Right. And now Swan's like, hang on. 
Before I've got an offer this. for you yes. that you can't refuse. You, and he can't refuse it really mm-hmm. because, you know, we can say we can work together. We'll put up a group together that you like doing your music your way. Right. And he's like, you're destroyed otherwise. Like your face and your voice are gone, but we'll make sure that we'll get your music out still. So I think that's the opportunity. He wants to see his music live on. Like that's all he ever wanted was for it to see his opus. And so um, he says, the time for your sound is now. So he's like, yes. I agree. So he decides to sign this contract with him and trust him, basically. Um, and tr- you just, I have to do is trust him. Trust me. Yeah. Just keep saying it a lot. I'm, just like, I'm no, just like, oh, anyone who asks you to do that. No. This is not Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we go back to a second round of auditions where now uh, we're looking for the new group, the new sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Winslow is hoping that Phoenix will turn up. So he's up there sitting in the booth now. This like is basically the last auditions. He was this is where Swan was up and no one could see him because he's really he's, he's one of those people doesn't, doesn't allow himself to be photographed like in any any um, type of publications or anything like that. So he's real mysterious kind of figure. So mm-hmm. he's like the voice from the booth up above. And so Winslow is sitting with him as they're picking and he's like, no, not her. No, to the people who've come through. But all of a sudden. Phoenix comes up uh, and he just says, uh, Phoenix, uh, what would you give me to sing? And she says, anything you wanted. And he says, would you give me a voice? Not Little Mermaid either. Right. Try me. And uh, Jessica, Har- uh, Jessica Harper saw like her groove in this song is incredible. I love it. And I love there's a fourth wall break in this song. You're like, whoa, she's fucking striking, singing straight to me in this song. <laughs> a few little moments. Yeah. In the film, you're like, oh, oh, they're reaching out, reaching out to us. It's but great. It, I think you can tell that. Brian De Palma and Jessica Harper have a fun rapport and like that's why they're able to like have fun with that with the camera where she's she's there's so much camera work where you're you're as the you as the actor kind of have to move crazy because the camera's moving crazy but she seems like she's uh she's cool with all of it yeah yeah she goes for it. I love her little her little, uh, her she, little boogie down. Yeah, she has. I want to point out when you guys watch this movie next time during this uh, scene, uh, Phoenix has this little microcone flip that's like the yeah, her little flick. Her little like rock and roll flick. I was yeah. like, damn, though. Go Jessica Harper. That she was She really went for it. Yeah, yeah it's super And has cute. like her little groove off stage. <laughs> Just grooving off stage. <laughs> I don't think I've ever like grooved off stage at an audition and then like grooved and back, then walk on, back, and then back on. on and walk back on. Yeah. Hey, I was just grooving off stage, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, and th- then we go to uh, the first time we see this amazing recording studio that mm-hmm. Swan has rigged up for uh, the Phoenix. Uh, for Not for Phoenix, I'm sorry. For, for Winslow. Winslow, yeah. And um, this is very Phantom of the Opera because it's like got all the synthesizers and keyboards around him all, you know, kind of swirled around. I love this studio so much. And mm-hmm. it is an actual place you can go to. It is a Moog synthesizer called Tonto, which is in Calgary, Canada. Well, now we got to go to Canada. And it's still functional. So we got to go to Calgary and Ottawa, clearly. Yes. <laughs> Let's go play some Phantom of the Paradise yeah. up, in, up, up in Tonto. Okay. Um, and so Swan is fixing Winslow's voice and giving him a voice to sing now. Uh, and when he finally gets the voice he wants, saying perfect is hilarious because it is Paul Williams' very own voice. Because, so of course it's perfect. Uh, uh, but he wants, he wants Winslow to stop ter- terrorizing the paradise and rewrite the cantata for Phoenix. Right. Um, so, so he's using a vocoder synthesizer thing. So basically Winslow gets this box that's like he has to carry around now. That's like his voice now. And it, that is Paul Williams' voice that he's singing. Well, or the singing voice. Yeah. Is, yeah. 
That's why it's perfect. That's why it's perfect. <laughs> uh, and so he's got this very, this great, very synthesized voice, which especially in 1974 is a very kind of unusual it's sound. It's a new sound. It is a new sound. Mm-hmm. So when they're given the contract and reading the contract, it's like, you know, the stupidest contract you've ever seen. It's just it's thousands like, and thousands Yeah, it's of like pages. the thickest thing. It just drops on. It just sounds like the, it's like, it's like a, a volume of book. <laughs> and, and so every, every one that, every little article that Winslow passes by, you're like, ooh, like this is a full power to do with him at their pleasure to send to fetch to carry or to be at body soul flesh blood or goods and you're like hmm what is that it's like transportation class it's fine like uh our this is art- how artists to get in trouble yes, <laughs> this, this is, is like, a contract you would 100 percent never ever ever should sign. your lawyer would tell you no everyone would tell you no but because of the place he's in where he's at no physically choice. emotionally mentally he is already broken he's gonna sign it and then he's gonna get into a writing montage once he signs that contract he's gonna write forever in blood he's gonna sign in blood mm-hmm. no less and blood i love contract. that swan has a blood stamp that he like rolls on his finger and yeah. he's like, there you go blood <laughs> stamp <laughs> Um, and when we would get to go back to Swan's secret room where we get to watch him walking back in the day. And this time when we watch, listen to him back, Swan's voice on the tape is all garbled and messed up. It doesn't sound Sounds human. Crazy. Sounds like a demon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, he's not what he looks like. This is when you start really, I mean, you already had a feeling he was a weird dude, obviously, but then you're like, Ooh, he is not. No. There's a reason he doesn't let people take pictures of him. Uh, but uh, yeah, but our guy writes hundreds of pages in like two days, all of a sudden of all this music again, just... pepped up on pills. Oh, yeah. Like Philbin keeps bringing him more drugs and more drugs. Um, and Swan decides to audition more singers without telling our dear Winslow because Phoenix is perfect and he abhors perfection in anybody but himself. Yep. I'm like that sounds like a valid excuse. I like this uh, audition like round because, you know, has this um, at Death Records. Swan has this amazing like record shaped desk and, and he sits in the middle sits of it in the middle of it. And then they do this kind of like panning across all these different kinds of singers uh, until so we they go across all the genres all the genres uh, but he doesn't see anybody he likes until he sees beef which he uh, pretty much only hires as far as I can tell to annoy Winslow he's like who's going to be annoy Winslow he's the like most? who's going to be the worst one and this, it's this guy and it's beef's wonderful and Garrett Garrett Graham. Graham's incredible he's so funny and so this character is so weird i have no idea what's going on with him and i love him so much i, I want to know him like this i want a beef spinoff don't you i do too <laughs> i would love to see his road show and like what he does on the road yeah, where's beef when he's not at the paradise oh my god i just want to see me even his house like just uh. doing like mundane things like i'm gonna do laundry yeah <laughs> <laughs> So um, he's a full crazy rocker and they feed him drugs too because, you know, of course. as you do and get him under contract as you do if you're a freaking swan. And um, yeah, um, he's just eating that scenery though and just going for it. He really is. He's having a blast. And, like the costume is insane and his... And his little like mark, he always writes, he always makes like a little like something on his cheek. So he like has like little like shamrock or a little heart or a squiggle yeah. or something like a little, little just flourish, which I just he's, love. He's quite flamboyant. Swan he is. is. I feel like, this, yeah, this whole thing I feel like could be set in like in a rave if they were doing it now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Though with like DJs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like just the like audacity of like what they're doing and trying to find the next sound. I feel like it's very much in that vein. And it reminded me of like rave culture, like his whole like makeup and his whole look too. So uh, at the end of Winslow's writing when he is finally British, finished writing the cantata, they brick him on in. They decide to build a brick wall to the studio, that beautiful studio, yeah. and literally, they literally like close him into the studio. Mm-hmm. But Winslow is a very determined individual, as you recall. He fought his way out of prison. Yes, um, and he is not about to have anyone else sing his music because he hears beef. Yes, 
And he hears, where's the beef? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, is able to break out of not only brick, but also like a metal door. Mm-hmm. Um, and beef has already had his own problems with the music though, too, because he's like, Hey, this music is too high. It is written for a woman. I'm not, a, you need to get a castrato in here to like <laughs> sing this music. Like I am not the person. And um, Swan challenges him. He's like, you can sing anything beef, just do it. And that's when beef goes for it. So he's already had his little issues with the music, but he's trying to make it his own. Yes. Um, uh, but he hears the scream of when uh, Winslow wakes up and realizes he's been bricks in and he freaks out. Um, I love that beef has an eight by 10 of himself on his dressing room table. Well, why wouldn't he? I, he's freaking gorgeous. <laughs> he knows it. I would want to look at myself all the time if I was beef too. And he also starts freaking out because he hear, he's hearing things and right. he thinks the place is possessed. Yes. And he tells Philbin and Philbin and brushes him off. And so, uh, he goes in and does the most ridiculous amount of coke I've ever seen a character do in a movie. <laughs> it is comical. Yeah. And he's like, also wants to take a shower because yeah, like, like, Philbin told him to take, take a shower. shower to calm down, calm his nerves before the show. So he does a bunch of coke and takes a shower. And all of a sudden... There's a there's the, a psycho uh, homage yeah. involving a plunger here, uh, where Winslow comes in and plunges him against the wall and plunges says, his face, plunges <laughs> his face. Never sing my music again. It's only for Phoenix. Anybody else who tries dies. Anyone else who tries dies. I love that line. It's so good. And Beef's like, well, I guess I'm getting out of here then. Yeah, <laughs> it's just He's like, like bye bye. Yep. So he packs up his stuff. He, he tries to go out the back. On his jacket, his Santa Claus jacket, which. Props to the costume lady. That's fucking brilliant because she he pulls it off. You're like, yeah, he looks great. Well, that. that's because he wears things for all seasons because his little mark that he's been doing on his face oh, have been right. like different holidays. So he's had like all these different homages like the whole time. He's been doing all these different holidays on his little little face hat. And so he's trying to escape down the back uh, alley and Philbin sees him and is trying to coerce him to go back up. And he tells he's him like, he's like, you're hallucinating. High, dude. He's like, I know drug real from real real. That was real. And I, so, but he is able to be coerced to go back inside. Well, with flattery, because he's a very vain person, as we've already established. So, yeah. Um, and then we have this incredible, like, German expressionist rock opera, Faustian nightmare. This is the coolest is, part of the movie to me. I was I really, obsessed with this. I really like this too. Obsessed. I would like more of this part. So, this is, it's like basically what they've just, they've created is this performance art like intro that is so fun. It reminds me of like of an Alice Cooper show or something like that. Oh, too. Dis- dismembering audience. Yeah. Members where they're and- like, they've, they've staged audience members to be dis- quote unquote dismembered. It's like fake dismembered. It's all part of the show where like the edges of the um, guitars are like um, scythes or like big, like swords or something at the end of their axes, their ax men, you know, and they go and they cut the audience up or fake cut the audience up. And I was like, Oh, this is cool to watch. But also like when real things get cut up, yep. they're not going to know what's go what's wrong on the stage because yeah. it's going to look like part of the show i was like this is brilliant uh-huh so the audience has no clue they're just cheering for it and they want more of it they want to see more guts and gore basically so uh, they dismember the audience to rebuild uh beef mm-hmm. in a very rocky horror picture show-esque birthing sequence um and goes on but i guess it would be the other way around because this is before Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. So, so maybe they took a, a very from this. Phantom of the Paradise birthing sequence. Yeah, um, but it's very Frankenstein, you know what I mean? Though? Yeah, so, it is. So um, he's, and he comes out, he sings a song about like, you know, after he's been stitched back from the audience and he's like, I'm the evil that you created. And I was just like, yes. Yeah, beef. He is. And that song is so cool. But uh, Phantom not into it and decides to send a little neon lightning bolt riding Beef's way and electrocute him live on stage. And the audience thinks it's part of the uh, the show because it looks like it. And it's kind of amazing because he's just like sh- shaking and writhing because he's being electrocuted literally live on stage. But the audience loves it. 
And so they're cheering for more. And now they drop the curtain, drop the curtain. And they know that if they don't send Phoenix out, he's just going to probably kill everybody. So what are we going to do to placate him? So Phoenix comes out to sing her song. Um, and what a beautiful song. And she just, it's so lovely because you, she's in another world where she's gotten to the place where she's so afraid to go out and sing in front of the audience. But when she sings, she's not really paying attention to the audience at all. And you have this moment at the end when the it's audience like applauds where you can see her kind of look surprised. Like she forgot where she was, that she forgot she was in front of this audience. And she's so into the music that she really feels it. And you're like, yeah, Phoenix. It's transcendent for her. And then she also, all of a sudden you see that look at her face though. Mm-hmm, that like, I want more now. The, like I need this now. Yes. And like, you get that she is automatically addicted to the audience. Yeah, she she's going to need it more to fill her up. She said, I'll do anything you want. Just give me that crowd again. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well now we know what she's addicted to. Don't And we? he says, your voice, that's all I want. And she's like, is that all you want mm-hmm. Swan? He's like, no, we'll go back to the swan and you're going to give me more basically. Yeah. Uh, But first, uh, Winslow kidnaps Phoenix, brings her up to the roof um, and tries to save her. uh, Before she goes with Swan. But Mm -hmm. of course, she she doesn't know who he is and is freaks out. She doesn't recognize him because Mm -hmm. he looks crazy. I mean, he's got the silver crazy teeth now and weird makeup on and the weird mask and a black cape. You'd probably be freaked out too. Some dude in a Mm masked man in a cape grabbed you up to the roof and shook you after you just had the best performance of your life yeah. and said, don't ever do it again. And he sounded like that. <laughs> and, you, and you just watched someone get killed on stage as well. <laughs> but poor uh, Winslow follows him back to Swanage and just watches them making out on this, on the orgy bed. He's so up sad. on the roof looking through this big plate glass. It feels very Argento in that way too, as the rain comes down on top of him. Right. But Swan has a camera. So he's watching Winslow, watching them, which getting him off on that. You're like, so Inception and meta for a moment. I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, but Winslow decides he's had enough. He can live no more and uh, stabs himself in the heart. Yep. Tries to commit suicide. But he is thwarted because he has already signed a contract with Swan. And Swan shows up on that roof and says, uh uh uh. Nope. This contract terminates with Swan when yep. I say, not when you say. Yep. So no more suicide. He heals him right away. And he says, but if I'm destroyed, that wound will open up and now you're destroyed. So we're kind of in it together now. Yep. Oh my. So Swan has planned this um, ending. But he also yeah. stabs Swan there. Yeah. But Swan doesn't die because he says he's under contract too. Right. So we have to figure out what the contracts are. Who's so he? what's the contract? Who does he have a contract with? Yeah. We get to the finale. So now we have the big like paradise. They're going to, they're like, well, we have to do another show. And Swan's like, we're the people, the crowd want it. And everyone like Philbin is even like, what are you crazy? I don't, I don't want to go back and do more shows. He's like, no, we have to, the audience wants it. They need it. And we're going to give them more show. So we're not going to do the ending where the devil like wins or anything. We're going to do this ending where I get married to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So Swan decides he wants to do a wedding on stage with Phoenix and Philbin is going to officially Appreciate the wedding as a pope dressed as a pope of course roadie toady pope roadie toady pope <laughs> but the idea is that actually we're gonna kill phoenix uh because an assassination live on tv what could be better yep uh, but love it in the meantime winslow has found his way into swan's secret room um and decides to look at this uh this tape here let me just stick it's this the up. real death records i believe uh, it is the <laughs> uh-huh. real death records mm-hmm. uh uh this is one of my favorite scenes in the film is uh we have a uh, swan as a young as a young boy in the bath looking so fresh-faced he's so cute but so sad and he doesn't want he's getting old and he doesn't want to be alive anymore so he's going to kill himself because yep. he can't stand to be getting old uh and if the mirror image is going to change, she doesn't want to look at it. But suddenly the mirror image comes to life and says, hey, 
What if we didn't have to get old? We don't have to do that. As long as you keep this tape around and mm-hmm. uh, don't kill yourself, uh, you can never grow old. Yeah. You'll just be young forever. And, and we've gotten a little glimpse earlier because there was a lady earlier. I think was that earlier or is this right after? Who's like, oh, I dated him in high school and she looks way older than he does at this point. So you're like, ah, oh, there's something going on with something him. Something is going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is that the image on the tapes will have to, will age in his place, but he has to watch those images every single day. And he has to like, look at his horrible, decrepit aging face, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and all you have to do, I mean, what do you have to lose? Cause your soul is dam- damned either way. If he's going to kill himself. Right? right. So might as well do it and enjoy yourself in the meantime. Uh, so he does signs in blood. And so now we know who that contracts with. But now Winslow knows that if these tapes are destroyed, Swan is destroyed. Yeah. So sets those motherfuckers on fire and comes down to do Swan. See, watch Swan burn. And then we have this like crazy disco finale wedding. Disco insanity. kaleidoscope on stage. It's wild. It's like the wildest like Studio 54, but with more lights, like kind of mm-hmm. party it feels like. Do you know what I mean? Though it's so 70s and wonderful. I'm obsessed with the guys that are like, secu- look like security guards that are on stage that have these staffs oh, yeah. and the little pink shirts that are like with like disco sparkles. They look like the toughest like like motorcycle dudes, but they're wearing like these little tight little pink shirts. Uh-huh. I am here for that. <laughs> um uh, Great. They're great. And uh, so this wedding is about to happen on stage and everybody looks like Phoenix looks so high. She looks like she's not, she's not yeah. present. They got her on so many drugs. They've had her sign con. She's already signed a blood contract too. Yes. And so she doesn't look great. She's literally been on drugs the whole time, but there's a sniper up on the, like one of the balcony areas. So sniper is about ready and he's got the sight set on Phoenix's head. And just at the last second, Winslow knocks it. So it actually shoots Philbin in the face uh, and the crowd loves it. And yeah, it, they think it's part of the show. Right. And Swan doesn't care. Someone died, right? Yep. What difference does it make to him? And so, but now it becomes this, what was like barely contain, contained chaos is now full on chaos. And everyone just Audience starts rushing the, stage. rushing the stage and everyone's dancing and, oh, he's bleeding. It's great. And, but Phoenix doesn't know what's happening and she wasn't let in on this and what is going on. Um, and Winslow's trying to get to her and yeah. also to get to Swan um, and comes in and, and takes away Swan's mask. Swan has been wearing a mask so he couldn't be photographed because he's not supposed to be photographed basically because you realize because of these tapes and if people could actually photograph him, they would actually see what he really looks like, not what his like fake persona is. And so when his mask is ripped off, we actually see how old and crazy he looks. He looks like he's 800 years old, really. Yeah. And it so looks like a horrible zombie. Yeah. And of course, Phoenix freaks out and what is going on? Yeah. She's like, what is this face? I'm sure she's on drugs and high and like, oh, yeah. oh bad trip. <laughs> I was about to get married. What happened? Yeah. Uh, and Winslow ends up stabbing Swan with a bird mask. Very fitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Winslow is also now dying because now his the Swan is opens dying. up. So he is bleeding out from his heart, uh, but trying to get to Phoenix and his as she's running away. Cause as you would, you'd probably freak out and run away like bad trip crawling towards her bleeding and his face, his mask falls off. And now his face, she finally see his face. But then when he lands, when he finally kind of dies, his face is on the side. That's actually the good side still. And she realizes it's, Winslow, because she can actually see the like one good eye in the side that's not all like d- deformed, basically at this point. And so as she holds Winslow crying in the crowd, uh, and we end with the crowd just like partying down, covered in blood, and loving every second of it. The end. Yeah. Uh, the the my favorite song in the film is the song that's over the credits. Uh, uh, the hell of it, uh, which I think is an incredible song. Mm-hmm. And I learned, <sighs> Terry, you're going to be very excited about this. Yes. 
Paul Williams was on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. No, I know. Does this number. <gasps> sings this number, which is all about how you're dying and we're glad on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. I did not realize that's the number he sang. And now I need to watch all of this all over again. Yes, please. The reason I know Paul Williams the most is because of the Brady Bunch, because he was on there a lot. And I was like, I know him from that and Frog. And that's like, <laughs> 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 to know that he's got so much more going on. I was yeah. like, I feel like a loser for not knowing as much. But I was like, dude, I just remember him from all those shows because he guessed it on everything in of the course. 70s too and in the 80s too. Uh, I, I, you know, when I, I think when you first watch this movie, it kind of throws you a little bit because it's so many different genres all clashing at once and there's a lot to take in. But I think the more times you watch it, the more realize, you realize how brilliant it is and how everything works well together. Yeah. Um, and especially like even in the beginning of the movie, the camera works kind of insane. But by the time you get to the ending and you're just like, well, it's, everything's it's bananas. It's a cacophony. Yeah. Uh, well done, Brian De Palma. I'm super into it. Yeah. How about uh, some gore factor? Let's do it. Um, gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer, four bathtub of blood and five run for the barf bag. We gave this a 3.5. We had talked about it a little because, um, yes, it's kind of gory and there's some bloody stuff, but it's like, like kind of that more stylized, more Argento kind of blood. We'll call it De Palma blood here, of course. <laughs> um, but it's a little more orangey, more that seventies kind of like, you can tell it's definitely the fake blood. Um, there is some face smashing into like vices and things faces and, being ripped off and some stabbings and stuff like that too. And face coming off, but it still feels like it's not like, ah, uh, ter- mm-hmm. like it's terrible as some other things. It's not chainsaw mask or face off the face. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five, fantastical. I give Phantom of the Paradise a 4.5. Not too shabby and a little bit more. There's something that's keeping me giving it a five completely, mm-hmm. but I love everything it goes for. I love the passion behind it. And I love that it's a movie I can honestly say like any, like any other movie I've seen. It's so weird and wonderful. It's super weird. I gave it a four because I was just like, it's freaking great. Yeah. I would watch it 10 more times. I don't know what it, same thing maybe for me. I don't know why I didn't give it a full five as after talking with you. I'm like, I love everything about, but there's so many, so many things happening. I want to watch it 10 more times though. And then mm-hmm. we can talk again. Maybe we'll re-rate it. Okay. But I freaking love it. I think it was super fun. It's super weird. Um, all, all the kind of ways I like. <laughs> a movie so, to be weird. So we're, we're going to be keeping our theme. Uh, we're going to be doing some horror musicals because we love horror movies. We love musicals. You smash them up and it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So next week we're going to be doing a film that neither one of us has seen, but I've been wanting to see, which is Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah. Let's give it a try. Sounds great. Can't uh, wait. Thank you so much for listening to us uh, for this week on our Twitter and our Facebook, Facebook and Instagram, our Instagram and our Patreon. Patreon, all the things on the internet. Thank you guys so much. You can check us out there. Follow us. Talk to us. Uh, recommend some movies to us. Yeah, we love them. We love that. Let us know what you thought of Phantom of the Paradise. If you've seen it, um, if you're a Paul Williams fan, check out Frog. Let me know if you've seen that. <laughs> if you like it, I'd love to hear more about that. I kind of just want to talk to people about that movie. Okay. <laughs> right. I went down the rabbit hole of the IMDb like after this movie and just like was like, oh my God, looking at comments. So comment with me. Let's do it. See you next week. See you next week.